is Olivia. You're listening to Bikini Drive-In on CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg. The mission of the show is to analyze horror and science fiction films through an intersectional feminist lens while combining elements of screen and media studies, arts criticism, and women and gender studies. Uh, my knowledge and experience will hopefully provide you with access points to feminist theory, art history, and film critique while using horror and science fiction genres as a site of discourse. Since uh, I usually cover... Um, Portrayals of horror and violence, content warning, and listener discretion is advised. Also, spoilers ahead. This past week, I was lucky enough to be invited to discuss Dead Ringers um, at Winnipeg Cinematheque for their Aurora Gorealis Canadian Horror Series. And so, yeah, I, I was joined by uh, Cinematheque programmer uh, David Knipe. And so, yeah, so the, uh, this is a live show. It'll, it'll sound a little different. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to thank Cinema Tech and, um, for inviting me and for having the first ever live show. Uh, I'll be back on Halloween, so Thursday, October 31st, to discuss and watch uh, My Bloody Valentine. All right, enjoy. Dr. Beverly Mantle. By every scientific measure, they are absolutely the same. They share everything. You haven't had any experience until I've had it too. Bev, you've got to try the movie star. She's unbelievable. Doctor, you've cured me. You mean to say there's two of them? They're twins, dear. I think we should drop her there. You drop her. I'm in love with her. I'll be love if it does this to you, can it? Doctor, I think there's something wrong with you. Patients are getting strange. What are they? For working on mutant women. From David Cronenberg, who in The Fly made the fantastic real. Radical technology was required. Something radical is definitely required. Now, David Cronenberg makes reality the ultimate fantasy. Dead ringers. Separation can be a, a terrifying thing. David, what's your history with this film? Uh, I first saw it 2007 or 8 in uh, my first or second year of film school at the U of M and I took a course uh, that was devoted all to David Cronenberg cinema. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was like life-changing taking that course. And we were taught this book here, which is like an essential text on Cronenberg, if anybody's interested. Artist is Monster by William Beard. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it, but yeah, I've seen it a few times now. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I first saw Dead Ringers last year, and I initially thought it was a little slow and a little boring, but uh, since re-watching it for the show, I've been really liking um, just, yeah, re-watching it and re- doing research, and I've come to appreciate its pacing and sort of coldness. Um, it's disturbing and gross, but and sad in the best way. Um, so yeah, so it's loosely based on real events. Uh, Stuart and Cyril Marcus were identical twin gynecologists who practiced together in New York City. They died together under mysterious circumstances in July 1975 at the age of 45. Uh, and this is from the lineup.com. Uh, in the summer of 1975, a pair of 45-year-old twins, their bodies gaunt and already partially decomposed, were found dead in a fashionable Manhattan address, an apartment littered with decaying chicken parts, rotten fruit, and empty pill bottles. The bodies were... Um, 
uh, yeah, those of Cyril and Stuart Marcus, doctors who had apparently died more or less simultaneously as a result of a suicide pact. And I think this story really ties into the side of uh, the, the idea of like this crumbling family and the domestic horror aspects of the film, um, just like the chaos and decay of an you know, unassuming upscale apartment. Yeah, and, and the fact that their bodies decayed together into one indistinguishable mm. mass, which is pretty yeah. fitting. <laughs> <laughs> seems to be a yeah. preoccupation of the film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I would say that this film can be described as a melodramatic horror. So a melodrama is a dem uh, dramatic work in which the plot, which is typically sensational and designed to appeal strongly to emotions, focuses on the dynamic of character relationships. Uh, melodramas are typically set in the private sphere of the home and focus on morality and family issues, love and marriage, often with challenges from outside sources. And horror, horror often addresses the same concerns as melodrama in allegorical and symbolic fashion, uh, embodying social fears, anxieties, and gender struggles in literal monsters and demons. And domestic horror specifically frames horror within the family. Um, this is portrayed uh, in Dead Ringers by the toxic relationship between Beverly and Elliot, uh, the manipulation between them, unfulfilled uh, desire and repression throughout the film. Um, so some examples of domestic horror or um, melodramatic horror would be Rosemary's Baby, Hellraiser, Hereditary, uh, The Witch. Um, it's, I think it's also very, like, the music is so melodramatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the string score, it's yeah. just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Something I, I love, you know, you mentioned the melodrama and uh, um, a lot of Cronenberg's but it films, but especially this one, um, it, it's just so, it's got such a stately look about it. Mm -hmm. The style is so restrained and classical and, uh, you know... Uh, for for a lot of the film, it doesn't feel like a horror film necessarily. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and on that sort of classical note, it's even shown in the architecture, mm -hmm. especially within um, the sort of um, dichotomy dichotomy between the romantic, gothic locations such as um, Claire's, Claire's apartment, apartment yeah. yeah, and the sterile environment environments and sort of more brutalist architecture, mm -hmm. um, and the sort of like American psycho style of their yeah. apartment. Yeah. The um, ultra modern, yeah, yeah, ultra modern, cold and empty, yeah, um, technological, yeah, technological, uh, technological, and sort of um, mirrors this sort of like the natural versus mechanical, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a lot of dualities at play mm -hmm. in the film, you know, like uh, um, subject object, mm -hmm. self, other, male, female, um, you know, and even like the the kind of binary structure of, of the twins themselves mm -hmm. and uh, the film is constantly and the, and the twins are trying to break down those those barriers those um, distinctions mm -hmm. they can't though it's so sad <laughs> <laughs> or do they yeah mm. um, yeah I wanted to talk a bit a little bit about how Western medicine is portrayed in the film so it's medical versus empathetic understanding of bodies um, so this is portrayed in the use of tools, Beverly's obsession with meeting women and not believing women's experiences and how they share these women without their consent. Um, and this is, again, it comes up in Rosemary's Baby about like doctors or um, medical industry not believing women. Um, also, I read a quote in a McLean's magazine feature on David Cronenberg, how he wanted the doctors to be like priests or cardinals. So again, like not necessarily based in in science or even medical realm, more like deities and religious figures. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot with kind of um, patriarchal structures trying to control women's bodies, um, you know, through 
gynecology and and other kind of mechanisms. Um, I want to ask, do you think this is a misogynist film? Uh, I don't think so. I think it got a lot of shit when it first came out. Mm, yeah. Um, but I don't think so. I feel like the Mantle brothers are creeps and don't necessarily respect women, but they're also like framed, like you're not supposed to agree with them, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like they're they're, they're, they're the protagonists of the story, but they're also not necessarily yeah. the heroes. If that yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah no. Do you I, think it's a misogynist film? Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't think so. No. I, yeah. I think, like you say, um, you know, it's 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 pushing those buttons, and on the surface, it may may seem to be, but I think that you know, even though um, there is violence enacted upon women by the brothers, I I think that more so it's um, and and less of a fear of female sexuality or, or reproduc- cap- reproduction capabilities. Mm-hmm. I think it's more like a fear of their own sexuality mm-hmm. and maybe a projection of their mutant otherness yeah. onto the female. I agree. Uh, yeah, and on that point of sort of fear and obs- fear of and obsession with female sexuality, um, I have a quote here, uh, again from the McLean's article. Um, although Dead, Dead Ringers is not a horror picture, it grapples with male fear of fe- female of women's sexuality. The twins' clinical fascination with the female body mass and irrational terror. When Claire breaks through the te- the d- that detachment, uh, she threatens to destroy the ultimate male bond. So this is portrayed in the, in the dream sequence or nightmare sequence as Beverly imagines that he and Elliot are connected by a grotesque pulsating umbilical cord, uh, which Claire tries to sever. Um, I think this sort of speaks to the fact that like their only emotional attachment is to each other and that they're incapable of functioning independently and but also incapable of being together romantically. Yeah, and it's interesting that they're always trying to come together through a woman mm-hmm. in the two relationships yeah. um, with Claire and, and the unnamed woman mm-hmm. uh, towards the end. Yeah. So it's interesting that they need that kind of go-between to come together themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a lot of queer subtext yeah. in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when it comes to queer subtext, the horror genre is ripe for exploring themes such as possession, body transformation, fear of the other uncontrollable desire and hidden identities. Um, so some examples of film with uh, queer subtext would be Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, Interview with a Vampire, uh, Nightbreed. Um, and in my research, I kind of came across this more like gender centralist view of Elliot and Beverly, whereas Elliot is coded as the more masculine twin, um, as he's more, pu- he's more of a public figure, he's more dominant and more overtly predatory. Um, He's also a very defensively, defensively homophobic, and I think in love with Beverly, um, where Beverly is coded as a more feminine twin, um, as he's more um, within the de- domestic realm, passive, emotional, um, more insidiously predatory. Um, and I think the drug dependency stems from the, his ro- eroding relationship with Elliot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the return to the infantile. Yeah. You were saying. Yeah, they just yeah. devolve into. Little babies by the end of it. Yeah, I do. Um, in preparation for this, I was reading a, a really interesting article called uh, "The Camera and the Speculum" by uh, Marcy Frank, and uh, in it, she she mentions how um, you know the the twins have this kind of separation anxiety mm-hmm. from their absent mother and mm-hmm. are constantly trying to get back to that kind of essential um, prenatal state of being in the womb together mm-hmm. and one and and you know, not separated by birth anymore. Mm-hmm. And that like, 
the the act of taking the drugs was a way of getting back, you know, to mm-hmm. enter this kind of like dream state. state. Yeah, this like warm blanket mm-hmm. feeling of the womb mm-hmm. through the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a fun fact. So apparently, David Cronenberg was a p- was approached to direct Flashdance, Top Gun, and Good Morning Vietnam. Wow. Just imagine. Yeah. interesting parallel i think i think both of these films have in common the kind of like fear of inadequate inadequacy of male masculinity mm-hmm. and, and male sexuality I mean, it feels like the mandel twins feel like they're lacking in that oh, yeah. respect you know yeah. like the first scene as children they're kind of shamed by that that little girl they want to experiment with awesome <laughs> little girl mouthing off Love yeah that. she gave it to them yeah great um, yeah, that could also stem from yeah how they're just like incapable of understanding anyone else's emotions other than mm. each other's. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that kind of interiority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a quote or, or just like kind of uh, something that's kind of referred to in, in the zeitgeist, but like um, the 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 operating room as theater. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and especially the way it's staged in those scenes. I mean, you know, there's darkness all around and a spotlight over the body and everyone's in red robes and it's mm-hmm. very theatrical and heightened sense of style and tense tension, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, for me, that's like what the red outfits do. Very impractical. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. want someone <laughs> to operate on me in those. They do look cool, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? Oh, I don't know. Psychoanalytic theory? No. Yeah. It's interesting. Claire at one point says, I think it's Claire, she says, mm-hmm. um, I forget the exact line, but she basically says, don't psychoanalyze me or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, which makes me think of Lacanian psychoanalysis and the mirror stage, and this is all very 
heady and theoretical, yeah. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, you think of like the child who's who's like the ultimate narcissist, you know, and doesn't recognize the other necessarily until the mirror stage or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's like a very bad butchering of Lacanian psychoanalysis, but. Um, yeah, and, and the camera as mirror as mm-hmm. well, yep. and how that reflects and shapes shapes reality. Um, just thinking, like, drawing off the title of this book, Artist is Monster, um, thinking about kind of Cronenberg as a director and his investigation of his own artistry and, and how the, the brothers themselves and their, their practice can be seen as, as an art form and is in the film as their... Um, Beverly's tools get used mm-hmm. in the... Oh, yeah, in the art show. Yeah, the art show. Yeah. I don't know. Planes of thought, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> well, I guess, like, their their very profession, you know, gynecology is, is kind of like a um, an act or an attempt to create, right? Create life and exactly yeah. playing God. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The role of a creator... Yeah. Power, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're also so far removed from the emotional aspects of it. Like any time a, a, a patient is showing any sort of emotion, they're both like very uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And I go back to the role of the filmmaker as well mm-hmm. as creator. Oh, yeah. And kind of, yeah, shaper of a world and narcissist as well. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, raise the measures themselves because you don't actually see any sort of parental or caregiving mm-hmm. yeah. type person, caregiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they build up the role of one another as well and play each other at various times. So that's like an act of creation as well, mm-hmm. ongoing. Mm-hmm. I think that's why the, um, Elliot is so condescending about uh, Claire being an actress because he is just insecure about it because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he's all about the external. Like he has no... I think that's it. Really? Yeah. Um, I'll be back on next Thursday, so October 31st, for My Bloody Valentine. Um, everyone should dress up. It'll be fun. <laughs> I can't say that I'm going to dress up, but... <laughs> <Ooh>. I know. <laughs> and is this going on air? Yes, yeah. So this, this show will air on Sunday at 4.30. Um, yeah, you can listen to Bikini Drive-In on ckuw.ca uh, or ckuw 95.9 FM every Sunday at 4.30. Great. Thanks. Thanks for having me, everybody. Thanks so much, Olivia. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Um, and for thanks for everyone who, who came to the live show. Um, I also wanted to thank David and Cinematech for inviting me down. Uh, it was really fun. Um, they have their Aurora Gorealis, uh, Canadian horror series is, um, going on until the end of October. And, and again, I'll be there on Thursday, um, to talk about my bloody Valentine. Um, please come and please dress up. It's at 9 PM. Um, and if you have any questions or wanted to continue talking about dead ringers, um, or if you have any suggestions, feel free to email, uh, us at bikinidrivein at gmail.com or you can follow us on Facebook and yeah thanks so much for listening bye
to Bikini Drive-In with Olivia and Jill every Sunday at 4.30 p.m. on CKUW 95.9 FM. You're listening to CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Our frequency celebrates diversity.